0: In this episode, we're talking with Ludwina Dortovic from The Room Exchange, which is a house-sharing platform, and we're going to explore whether tapping into a reported 13.5 million unused spare bedrooms across the country will have any material impact on the housing crisis. COVID lockdowns resulted in a marked decrease in house sharing and now with mortgage repayments and rents rising so steeply, will we see not only a rise in shared housing, but a completely new demographic now making the choice to share? And what are the risks of bringing a stranger into your home? From security to future tax liability, what should you be thinking about if you want to go down this path?
1: Welcome to the Elephant in the Room. This is the podcast where we love to talk about the big things in property that never usually get talked about. I'm Veronica Morgan, real estate agent, buyer's agent, and buyer's agent mentor, co-host of Foxtel's Location, Location, Location Australia, author of Auction Ready, and co-host of Your First Home Buyer Guide.
2: And I'm Chris Bates, mortgage broker, recently ranked number five in Australia out of over 18,000 brokers in the annual MPA Top 100 Mortgage Broker Award. Before we get started, I need to let you know that nothing we say here can be taken as personal advice. We always recommend you engage the services of an appropriate and experienced professional.
0: Our guest today is Ludwina Dortovic. She is the CEO and founder of The Room Exchange, which is a house sharing platform that provides digital ID verification, profile matching and rental options so homeowners can feel confident in the house sharing process. It's her belief that with continual interest rate hikes and inflation on the rise, a spare room can yield $10,000 a year or more. It can help relieve mortgage stress and provide rental accommodation for those priced out of the rental market. So thanks so much for coming along today, Ludwina. We all agree that this is a big problem and we need some
3: immediate solutions. So let's find out more about this option. Thank you. Uh, Where would you like me to start? Just to talk about the room exchange, no?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... um
3: I think it's quite
2: fortuitous that you've started this, right? I mean, what, can you give us a little bit? Like, we don't usually go into the full story. Started this, and I was doing this, et cetera. But it'd be interesting to know, like, what got you to start this because it's in a very different world to 2023 and the COVID world, and you know how our living standards are, and our the rental crisis that we've got now and the housing affordability crisis. Like, you didn't start this business yesterday, so maybe it'd be interesting to hear the story and. Um, and how the market shifted during that period since you started
3: yeah so we're not an overnight success we actually we're heading into our seventh year um and (laughs) and look thankfully so because I think uh, with any startup you go through a process of you know um testing measuring failing retesting measuring failing and we've actually got the platform to a point where it's really solid now at a time when the country really needs us most when I first founded the company it was just I've been an entrepreneur for 31 years and I've spent most of the time creating businesses and services that have actually solved a problem for myself. And at this particular point, my eldest son had left home. You know, I cried like most mothers do for about the first year. And then I started, every time I was walking past his room, I started seeing it as a cost centre and it's beautiful ordained bedroom that was suffering from pillification and you know it was sort of ordained with these beautiful quilts and pillows and had not been slept in at all in that year and I was sort of like I started to think this is costing me about $200 a week so I'm going to start doing something with it and so after doing that for um a couple of years and I had a few people live with me in that time my friends started asking me you know where can they find someone and when I hear something is a good idea three or more times I start growing antennas out of my head and I paid attention to it and did some market research and realised that there was definitely a model in this. So what the reason it originally started was really just to, you know, I guess utilise the room. We have a rent and rent offset option, which means that you can ask for help and or rent or a mix of both. So I was getting a mix of both, which was really helpful because my husband and I both run businesses from home. We were really busy. So we had people who were doing, you know, some of them paid rent because that's what they wanted. Some of them were paying part rent part help. Some live with us and we're just helping us out eight to 10 hours a week and we'd feed and house them. So, um, you know, the model has been refined over time and it's been refined in the way that actually really suits the market, suits the need. I'm both a homeowner, self-managed landlord and a tenant myself. So I have a really good understanding of the housing market across the board. And I think that's given me some powerful insights into how we've developed this business model.
2: I mean, it's pretty um, amazing to to think that uh, we need this so much now more than ever. I mean, could you see the writing on the wall, like in the years past where, you know, rental prices were going up and there's becoming a real, uh, I mean, every, everyone went into their own accommodation during COVID. Like how has it shifted over the last few years for you?
3: Mm. Look, I've always considered myself a futurist. I was, you know, podcasting in 2010. I was writing and publishing books on digital marketing before. I had a media program that was running schools back in the analog days. You know, I've kind of always sort of seen things, just looking at trends and seeing where things are heading. I knew that um, with the, the huge increase that's happened in a very short amount of time of the cost of buying a house would definitely have an impact on, rent and rental supply, it, it kind of makes sense. I have my children, or my adults, uh, 31 and 29, and I hear a lot firsthand from them as well in terms of the market, what's happening, yeah. and they're, you know, like they're making decisions, very personal decisions about how they're going to live their life based on the cost of housing. You know, I also hear firsthand the challenges they have with renting and, you know, there, there's a lot of conversations that I'm, I'm privy to In regards to what's going on so and because of my personal interest Chris you know like I'm you know that thing it's like when you're really passionate about something you sort of dig and delve into into the topic more so than the average person and I could see that you know renting once upon a time was for a select group of people generally the young adult who was leaving home for the first time or going to uni or the backpacker that's generally the share it was the share house um, demographic But now renters are changing. People like myself and my husband who choose to rent for lifestyle uh, purposes. There are people who rent majority of them now for necessity and there are people who resign themselves to the fact that they will rent all of their life. Now, we don't have the rental supply to cater for that though. And we can't build our way out of this, but we can share our way through it. And that's where I see, you know, this model of um, house sharing and there's so many added benefits to it. It's not just, solving a housing problem, there's a heck of a lot of benefits to the homeowner. We're helping homeowners hang on to their homes, as you mentioned in the intro, the interest rate heights are really, and I'm affected by that as well, massively um, having such a huge financial impact and weighing very heavily on Australians at the moment. If we can help as many Australians hang on to their homes as possible, that's less people going into the rental market as well. And we don't want people losing their homes. There's a whole lot of knock-on effects of that that are going to be drastic. So... And it's really interesting, Chris. This is the first time since we started that we've had as many homeowners signing up as we have people looking for some of the rent. Wow. It used to be 25 75 and now it's 50 50 And depending on the uh, news announcements, it can actually go up more on the homeowner side of things.
0: It, it's interesting, too. you got that sort of rental offset option as well, which, um, you know, on the face of it, if, uh, when I looked at the platform, I thought, oh, it's not really that materially different to say flatmates you know, the flatmates.com, room is called, you know, like it's just people looking to either they've got a room or they're looking for a room, right? But um, that sort of offset and the ability to, I guess what that does is it it helps people who particularly would be priced out of living in a certain area. So say people that are lower income earners, and this is a, a topic of conversation that we've had with many people on on the podcast around as property prices go up, as rentals go up, then you can't have your you can't house emergency services workers. You can't house your teachers. You can't house your baristas. You can't house the people that are the cleaners, the people that are responsible for our for our cities to function. They can't be housed close to where everybody's living, and so that is a problem. They creates a, 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 a you know a longer term problem. Whereas I guess in a way this is a solution to that too, isn't it? Because people can you know it's a bit like sweat equity, you know, like you can you can
3: earn a bit of your rent right yeah look there's a few benefits to this i think the um the point that you just brought up if we can talk about that a little bit in terms of regional and what's happening with regional and um and workers but even in the cities like i've heard of some people traveling a couple of hours to get to and from work in the city and it's one it's all well and good to have the nice restaurants and cafes and you know high-priced housing but if there's nobody there to service Uh, those people, well then, you know, that's really no good to them. But the rent offset model is really, and you brought up the point of, Our point of difference. So first and foremost, we're a mandatory verified house sharing platform. There's no option. Everybody, and we're the only one in the country that does that. And we do that because we're going into people's homes. It's homeowners. This is not a share house arrangement. This is what we do is very unique to anything that's out there. Our supplier homeowners, that's first and foremost, the key difference, the mandatory verification, the profile matching so that you feel like you're coming home to a friend that's super important to our homeowners. And then you've got the rent or rent offset. Um, option. Now with that third one, it's like it, the, your spare bedroom, I see as an asset in your home and every home has a different value on that asset. So it could be that they need the rent. Perhaps some home doesn't need the rent but having their children picked up from school Monday to Friday and looked after yep, for an hour for sure. might be a heck of a lot more valuable considering it's very difficult to get short-term care and short-term care can be very high priced as well. Or it might be that You know, when I'm a housemate, because I I do this a few times a year, I go into other people's houses to, to test the market on that, that side of the user. And when I go in, you want me to cook for you because that's a a really big passion of mine. So, you know, it might be that somebody just doesn't have time to cook every night. So if you cook five meals a week, I'll just charge you half the rent or, you know, there's a number of different ways to negotiate it. If you're a older couple, who's, um, maybe it's not viable to downsize, not always is. Um, mm. But they might go away a lot. That you know, you can negotiate house sitting while they're away. There's a number of different ways that you can do that.
2: And you find initially, your what you thought the demand would be on both sides, and then what's happened over the last seven years, it's just not what you would you know, initially think. You might be, I don't know, a lot of older people than you expected, or maybe it's you know, it's not just that typical younger people and young families. You know, the, the help around the house is massive help, right? So. Yeah, are you getting lots of different people using the platform that you wouldn't, you know, usually expect?
3: Look, I think um, when you're looking at what you would assume a demographic to be, it's a different story. So when you're looking at a financial need or a, a home help need, every household of any demographic requires that. You can get professional um, individual, professional couples, or someone who's just, you know, a couple that's just had a child or, you know, we have elderly people that um, a lot of them actually prefer women over 50, interestingly, because there's an assumption that they prefer younger people. Um, and women over 50, uh, a lot of them are looking for uh, rentals now. So there's there's demographics across a number of uh, different types of people that you just wouldn't expect. But then it's more about the need, not about culture or age or where they're at in the stage of life. It's just really purely based on what they need at the time. So Scott Keck came
2: out a, um, a few weeks ago, I'm not sure if you read about that, where he was basically, I guess, encouraging your solution, right? Basically saying the government, one of the solutions we should be looking at right now is changing tax laws around people renting out rooms. Um, did, you, did you read that article or did you have thoughts about that? So you seen
3: that? I've been recovering from COVID the last couple of weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Episode, but it's interesting because um, I've been advocating for that for a very long time, and I uh, uh, recently put in a submission and for the m- submission in for the government's worse, uh, uh, worsening housing crisis in Australia, we're number seventy two, I believe, and we put that forth in that submission okay. as well. So you know, hopefully they read that. Um, there's a scheme in the U- the UK rental scheme which has been going on for a while, which I think is something that we should adopt in Australia, and that gives in the UK you can earn up to seven and a half thousand pounds a year rent free for renting out uh tax, sorry, free, tax free. Yep. yeah thanks wow for renting out your room and I think and they do that is to incentivize um homeowners to actually share their rooms because they know it's existing housing stock um, and it helps solve the problem. It's housing that doesn't have to be built. And I think that we should definitely be doing the same thing in Australia. Um, look, you know you've got to claim any income that you earn if you're earning um if you own a home and you're earning income from renting a room, you do have to claim that on tax. The tax on it would be marginal in comparison to the benefit that you would get from it. So I just certainly don't see that as a deterrent. But you know you would definitely get a whole lot more people doing it if they didn't feel that there would be any um, you know additional, Cost to them for doing so, particularly because we're helping the government solve a problem.
0: But is there a, a, an implication on capital gains tax as well?
3: Look, Veronica, that's a that's something that I'm I have been trying to figure this out for a while, and I literally in the last week have had a lot of conversations around it. So I'm not going to comment specifically because it is a, yeah, you know, it it de- it depends on a few things, and I'm not a tax expert. Um, so are you seeking to get a ruling on that or? Yeah, look, I'm working through that at the moment to just from my own knowledge to be able to answer that question. But I, at this point, what I would say is just have a conversation with your accountant if you're concerned about that. Um, but again, you know, when you look at the immediate benefits that you get from it, you just need to weigh up, you know, the the, the cost benefit ratio there. Is it yep. worth it for you to do it? Well, then um, absolutely. You know, like I... I'm looking at this time and you know when we were in lockdown as well it's like well what are the expectations for the year if we don't lose anything it's a good year and what assets do we have access to that can help us get through this time and I think that we're in one of those times at the moment that it's just like what do we have access to that we can utilize to help get us through. Have you got any idea of how many like uh, you
2: know as as is the government even spoken to around this I mean if like every single time you rent out a room you'll you're easing the pressure right like because that person would have to sleep somewhere that night um and that that room wasn't on the market before you're basically creating housing stock right or housing dwellings or places or beds for people um know, it's like a real immediate thing is the government speaking to you or is there, there any interest in this at the moment because surely it's a real obvious solution when you know we've got this issue
3: yeah. Well, I'm yelling, Chris, like I'm <laughs> <when Yeah. laughs> we're standing on the rooftops and yelling as loud as we can. It's um, Who's I, been, we though? Is it we, an association you're
0: part of? Or, no,
3: or? I, I, when I say we, it's just our team. Um, right. you know, we are a for profit company. We're not a not for profit or an association mm. or, or an org in that sense. But, you know, like it's, we have a very s- sophisticated technology that we've built and we've refined and And it's there and, you know, it's right there for the taking. There's a number of different ways that we can actually um, support the government in supporting the people in Australia. Um, You know, we're doing that anyway in a number of different organisations that we um, help directly. We've got um, B2B um, products that we um, offer out as well as um, directly going to our our consumer base. Um, But, you know, it's like... (laughs) Like every other business, we're affected in COVID. We had to go back to startup phase fifteen months ago, and you know, build our way up as well. And it's just like, what's immediate right now? We're we're trying to get out as much information as we can to the right people. And at the same token, you know, running a a platform that's you know servicing thousands of people at the same time. Sort of
0: interesting because I mean, seven years ago when you when you birthed this idea, you know, there was definitely no. Obvious pressing need for this. There would have been, I think, you know, sort of rippling potentially an undercurrent. I mean, interest rates were low; but they were low. I mean, not as low as during the COVID years, but you know, certainly they were still pretty low. Um, you know, that people don't typically think that as you get older in your home, you're going to want to rent out a spare room. You sort of some people might take on a few students, but beyond that, you know, you just want you want your your house to yourself, right? And then of course, COVID hits, and everybody you know, the, the end of the share house. Nobody wants to be in a share house anymore. They all hate their flatmates. And it's just no, no one to be locked down in that scenario. And so that that change, that makeup, And, in fact, that that very phenomenon was one of the contributors to the rental crisis we've got at the moment, whereas all of a sudden everybody need more space and there's uh, smaller housing, you know, smaller um, dwelling uh, sizes, or smaller – what do you say that? Small, a lower amount of people per dwelling. Um, <laughs> yes. But let's be real. I mean, how long – I mean, we, we have a problem that I was – listening to Chris Richardson um, on Q&A the other night and he was basically saying this will take a decade for us to get out of this problem that we've got ourselves into. So there's obviously a decade's worth of potentially this being a viable thing for people to do and obviously with higher interest rates, et cetera, et cetera, there's, there's, there's an impetus for people to want to open up their homes. But I guess let's let's be real, how easy is it going to be for somebody in their 40s or their 50s who's been living on their own to return to house sharing and, and want to keep it up, you know, so I guess what are the odds of it working? I know you've got matching and all that sort of stuff, but you know, does that, is that enough?
3: Yeah. Look, I, I often get asked the question, you know, what, can you tell us the story when it didn't work? And unfortunately I can't because we've not had one complaint in the six years we've been in operation. Um, the, the way that we've got this set up, um, you, look, you can imagine the, the hundreds of conversations that our team has had with people you know, and we've really drilled down into what are your concerns? Um, the main concern is safety security. Then it's like compatibility. Um, and then it's the systems behind it to, um, to give them the confidence to be able to do it. So we've developed a whole bunch of resources and systems and we have, you know, we've, um, people can be assigned with a house sharing coach, you know, if they want that additional human support, which is, um, something that we've just recently started to implement. Yeah, Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, And I think that the the idea, and I'll speak for myself, so I, um, when our second, well, when our first child left home, um, it was the dynamic of the house had shifted because his personality obviously added something to it. And I kind of really miss that energy between our kids, that sort of bouncing off they used to do with each other. And that was one of the things that I liked about when we got somebody, the first person that we got in was kind of similar personality to Jordan. I've only just realized that. That's a, That was a coincidence, maybe. I don't know. Um, and then over time, there was a sort of a personality type that we kind of gelled with, and they're the kinds of people that we would get in. Um, and then when my daughter left home, then it was we started to get some older people in and just kind of shake it up a little bit. What we have found over time is there's a lot of value that these people actually add to your life. And I think it's just more of a shift of thinking. Uh, people th- think about what it is they're going to lose, but they don't really think about what it is they're going to gain. So I've been married 31 years, love, love my husband dearly, but the dinner table conversation gets a bit stale, you know, <laughs> and it's just really nice to have one or two other people there to uh, to hear different stories and to hear their insights and to have debates uh. and conversations with. Um, the house-sharing Lo- sorry, the housework load is divided up. Um, the food we eat is varied. We're not cooking every night. Um, when we go away on holidays, the plants are going to get warded. Um, you know, if you have a pet, they'll get looked after. There's so, just so many, the neighbours know who you're living with, you know, so there's this comfort of, you know, familiarity that occurs. There's there's a high level of respect that actually comes from the people move that move into your home. And they, if you think about it, they're coming into mostly a fully furnished bedroom, three quarters of the time at least an ensuite and or a bathroom that they get to use on their own. The most it's with one; they'll share it with one other person, but that's rare. The everything in the house they get access to, they get access to the entire network of people in the home, and the people in the home get to, you know, um, to feed that back to that person. And there's a sense of contribution that comes from that that just feels really good and you know these people are just people that have got jobs they're looking for somewhere to rent they're not people that are in dire straits we are not a solution to homelessness we you know we are what we are is what we are and for people to go through the process to actually register and get verified and and to do all that on our platform it actually says something about them at the end of it so if they've gone through that level of friction that we've set up then they're not hiding who they are right and yeah. it tells you something about their character. And that's why I believe that it works. And then we've got the private inbuilt messaging system so they can chat there before they meet. And it's funny, it was yeah. on Canberra radio recently and they called us Tinder for house sharing. Um, but it is really about that. And, you know, we engage with people that we don't know all the time that can very quickly become friends because of our intellect, our intelligence, our instinct, um, our interest, the commonality that we share with them. It's no different to this. And if you assume the best in people, it's really interesting what comes back out of that. I don't know if that answered your question exactly, Veronica. It's just, you know, the the stories that we hear are just beautiful. So, I mean, I lived in thirty. I lived in like over thirty house
2: shares in my twenties. I it was like a ridiculous amount. Like in London, I lived in. So I would stay there for six months, and I would like in Sydney. I lived all over Sydney. I lived all over Melbourne. I I would just naturally go. I can't. Make you guys you are great but i want to live in this part of sydney now and i want to try somewhere new and you know and it was all different people and a lot of them i'm, I'm still friends with actually so I've, I've gone through that i think it really is even the family situation it works as well like you know we've got two young kids we've got spare bedrooms there's lots going on cleaning cooking you know kindy drop-offs you know uh and you know, someone just around just to help not not somebody, and, and also help with the rent the mortgages and things like that but i think it really helps there I think it helps people, that, you know, the the couples without kids, or you know, like you say, they go on holidays. It helps people who are single in the at all ages, um, even elderly. I, I, you know, I think some just having company and someone at the home. I think you could really help, um, particularly if you can get past that, the you know, the security and concerns, and then being able to get someone out if they don't suit. Have you have you have agency like real estate agents and property managers come to you as a solution because it makes a lot of sense, right? Like I'm leasing a property. I thought I needed that spare bedroom. I can't afford to rent this property anymore because the rent's gone up. So I need a flatmate now, um, but I'm a really good tenant. Your technology could really suit them to, to basically, and it saves the agent having to release it. Um, how are property managers looking at your tech and saying, this could be a solution for us to you know, keep our tenants. I mean, I know there's a rental crisis, so they probably have no problems releasing it, but are they interested in your tech at all?
3: Yeah, I like your thinking, uh, Chris. And one of the taglines that um, I'm beginning to use lately is um, the room exchange is real estate's third option. So house sharing is real estate's third option. So we have home ownership, renting, and then house sharing. And I think where the market's heading, we need to give it that level of the same equal value as renting, mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'd like to see it have the same level of respect because then you think about it, if somebody's going into someone's home and they live there for 12 months and they've had a really great relationship and that homeowner can give them a great reference, I think there's a lot more to being able to do that than just going into a home where nobody else is, right? Like you're just renting a home, right? So I think high value there. But when you think about the... The amount of people that are turned away from rentals, like I'm hearing, you know, 50, 60, 70, up to 100 people applying for the one rental property, it must be devastating for the property managers to continually have to be turning away the same people. Whereas they could say to the single individuals, because we're just a platform for single people, the single individuals will go over to the room exchange because they'd be able to help you out. Yeah. That, That would definitely give them, you know, a lot more, um you know comfort and knowing that they're able to do something and they're thinking about that long term the level of respect that an individual would have to have as somebody else's home living there for 12 months when they then go and rent if that real estate agent referred them to us in the first place then obviously there's going to be an affiliation there so i think there's some goodwill that can definitely be generated there and there's a lot of conversation i'm very um active in the prop tech space we actually won a major prop tech award this year for um most innovative scale-up for environmental, social and sustainability. Um, so, you know, we're very much moving in that, in and around that space um, to, you know, partner with a number of different um, organisations as well to get this sort of cross-pollination happening. And the real estate industry is definitely on our radar.
1: I'm on a personal mission to help more people make better property decisions and you can find out all about what I'm working on at veronicamorgan.com.au and there you'll find resources for first home buyers, details about my buyers agent mentoring program, access to suburb help for investors or if you're looking to buy your dream home or an investment property in Sydney's inner west, eastern suburbs or lower north shore, you can connect with my team at Good Deeds Property Buyers.
2: If you're thinking about buying your first home, upgrading to a new one, or purchasing an investment property anywhere in Australia, we would love to carefully guide you through this journey and importantly, get the finance right. Please reach out via our website, wealthful.com.au.
1: Don't forget that you can download our free full or forecaster report. Which experts can you trust to get it right? TheElephantInTheRoom.com.au
2: well, I mean, yeah, if there's a, your rent's going to go up from 600 to 750, that's just the market rent. So my mortgage has gone up. There's, you know, the, but you're a great tenant. I don't want to get rid of you. Um, and I'd bet you probably can't afford it, but you've got a spare bedroom. So why don't you use something like the room exchange to help you afford that rent? Like, I don't know. It sort of goes hand in hand as a solution to, you know, as a goodwill to keeping the tenants in the properties. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just sort of had that yeah, idea. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great idea. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's also though sort of hits head to head um, with you know work from home or hybrid uh, working arrangements. You know, so this is getting to the point where it's a massive luxury to be able to work from home now in terms of having that space dedicated to an office rather than a bedroom, um, particularly if particularly with the shortage, I mean, in terms of that 13 and a half million vacant bedrooms across the country, how many of those have been turned into home, home offices? Because we really have changed the way we uh. work. I'm recording this from a home office that could be a bedroom, but, you know, I work from home half the week. So I didn't do that before COVID hit. You know, we used to record in a studio, didn't we, Chris?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we never went back. So there, there's certain things that have changed possibly permanently. Um, although, are you seeing that that may well then actually start reverting back to full-time in the office because people can't afford, there's the luxury of that spare room or the, you know, the office space, that's very much a luxury now that cannot be afforded by many people?
3: I think yes and yes is the answer to both of those. I I know that a lot of workplaces are looking at, you know, sort of getting more people back into the office. Um, I've actually been working from home my entire life, so I prefer it um, at home myself, but... um, Look, we're only, if we just get 10% of those 13.5 million bedrooms, that's 1.35 million homes that, you know, are, are more stable and 1.35 million people that are renting, right? That, if you just think of that number, just 10%, so that ticks off the ones that maybe don't have the spare, uh, you know, the... We're talking about unused spare bedrooms, actually, Veronica. So that was according to the 2021 ABS. So I think when they... um. Uh, it was specifically unused bare bedrooms, so I don't know if that's you know if they factored yeah. in the home office as well.
0: Yeah, and potentially it's more now because twenty twenty one we were actually in lockdown. When we did mm. that did the last census.
3: Mm.
0: Um, all right. So what what sort of lease arrangements you talked about having a sort of a, a sharing coach? You talked about having um, you know, agreements in place, or you know. Uh, the resources that you provide basically to streamline that whole process of sharing with somebody, what needs to be in place? I mean, in the tenancy, there's tenancy acts in every single state, you know, and so therefore there are requirements, legal requirements in terms of signing leases and protections for tenants, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and for landlords for that matter as well. How does it work in this space? I mean, how are the actual... Uh, do we call them tenants? Um, you know, the 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 person renting the room. I mean, how is that person protected? How is the homeowner or the the head les- lessee protected? How
3: does that all work? Well, we use the uh, we don't call them tenants, so there's no tenancies that or tenancy agreements that. Um, I mean, I, I I don't know for sure. Some homeowners might go down that path. I don't know, but um, we have uh, a house share agreement template. And we strongly recommend that anybody who is bringing somebody into their home to house share that they have some a, a civil agreement. We call it so. It's a an agreement of understanding of the terms of the um, relationship. Um, in it, it's we actually have a service where we help facilitate that because we're so strong on making sure that that actually happens. It's just a thing. It, it's like you know what are the rules around food? When when, when are you going to pay the rent? Is it an offset? Well, what are we agreeing that the rent offset is? Um, you know, we even talk about the exit plan because every single one of these arrangements will come to an end at some point. You know, what are the expectations around that? Um, um, they're generally a month to month, um, understanding. So you can decide at any time, you know, usually with a month's notice that you want to move on. Um, you know, we we encourage um, people to, you know, put in that agreement that for the first month, every Friday or Monday, or whatever, you know, after dinner, they'll have a house meeting to talk about how things are going. Um, we strongly recommend that communication flow is something that is instilled in the relationship, particularly in the early days because it establishes um, a routine and a pattern of communication that then, you know, when there are issues that arise, and I don't say if, because there will always be yeah. issues that arise, um, you know, you've you've got a level of respect and understanding knowing that you can go to each other to talk about it. One of the things that we um, explain to our homeowners is that there is a power dynamic in the homeowners. Yeah, homeowner. I was about to say yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And for myself, when we get somebody new into our home, I'm very mindful about that. And I say, to them, look, I know that you know that this is our house and everything and it is our stuff, um, but I want you to feel like you're at home. So what can we do? To make you feel like this is your home. And we succeed in it every time because if you give the person that gift of saying, you know, we want you to feel at home, do you know it's no different, Veronica, when you have your parents or your sibling or friend come and stay with you, you want them to feel at home, right? So it's the same thing. Do you need a fan in your room? Is it warm enough? Is it cool enough? Do you need a- additional bedding? You know, um what would you like to do in regards to food? Do you want to? Um, you know, we like to eat together at least two or three times a week. Otherwise I feel like I'm living with strangers in our home. Does that suit you? What night would you like to cook? Or, you know, it's just having that level of understanding. I say to people, you know, if you think of any relationship that you've had in your life that hasn't worked out, what was the reason why you think it didn't work out? And every single time they say, because they stopped talking.
0: Yeah. You know, so but what would be the number one thing though, that becomes the, the bane of contention I'm guessing I think I know what I think it would be, but I'm curious to know, you know if there is an area of dispute, you said you've had no complaints in six years, so that's great. But if there is an area of dispute, an area of 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 trouble, um you know that the most likely one, what is it what is it likely to be?
3: Oh, I don't know maybe if if there. If they a habit change or something like if they became a smoker or if they became All right, a,
0: so you don't you don't trigger. I mean, because in your matching cleanliness, I'm thinking cleanliness. Oh, okay, I got. People you. <laughs> have different standards of cleanliness, yeah, tidiness, right? Or well, right? Okay,
3: well, great question. So in our know, profiling, there are very specific questions that are asked um, about how you like to live, and we don't ask them in a way that will encourage you to answer in a way that you think the person wants you to answer. So I've got a, I've got a background, you know, back in the day when life co- coaching started to become a thing in Australia, I was one of the first life coaches and, and NLP practitioners. I've got a pretty good, I've had hundreds of hours of coaching people, right? So I use a lot of that skill that I developed in that time to actually create the profiling questions. They're non-invasive and they're multiple choice. So it's like, you know, are you There's a No morning, judgment. Uh, no judgment, you, you exactly. You could be a
0: hoarder, but we're not going to judge you. <laughs> Just tell us. Yeah. But <laughs> we'll there, match there, you with another
3: one. <laughs> but, there, but there are people who, you know, sort of reasonably tidy means that they're not anal. And then you get people that are really, you know all that like I ha- love having people live with us who, ha- who are openly OCD like, right? and they'll say it on their profile and it's like yes please come and organize a recovery in my house and they <laughs> love it you know um but we don't live that way we're tidy um but I don't like things laying around so you have an opportunity to kind of describe how you like to live um you know the kinds of activities you like to do like if if you're a night owl you wouldn't suit our home right um you know, so there's certain things that if you know, one of the questions that we ask is like, do you like to to have a good debate about politics around the dinner table? If you answer yes, I you're not going to fit in my household. You know, so there are things that, but other people love that kind of thing. You know, so it's there's you can pretty much seventy five to eighty percent say yes, I would get along with that person. And then the next step, so they're verified the profile gives you an instinct that you'd get along with them. Then you can send a connect request. They can look at your profile. If they think they like you, they'll accept it. Then you can start messaging. Then you can go and meet up with each other or have a phone call and then meet up. And then we encourage people to have a, you know, two or three-night long weekend trial. And then if you're happy with that, then you can move it. You think at that point, if you haven't got it right, you know, there's just so many things that have been put mm. in place there for you to figure that out. So you're not just handing it over. no you know, like they match no. on the side, off they go and
0: work it out for themselves because I was when you first said, we've had no complaints in six years, I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> 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 but I can see that the process is a bit more robust than sort of your normal. It's not quite like tinder for um for housemates.
3: <clears throat> a little bit more robust than that. Uh, probably Bumble, <laughs> I don't know, but, but yeah, but the, um, the point is, is that the technology, I've been in tech for years and that we've developed the technology so that it can take care of most of it. And so that people can come on it, come there and they can use it for free. Like they, there's no, we even pay for the verification, come and use it. Right. But so, but if they want some handholding, then we have ways that, you know, we can support them with that as well. Um, so you
0: mentioned, um, that you get a spike in inquiry from potential homeowners or, or hosts or homeowners, uh, think, yeah. homeowners households, you, yeah, households, um, so you get a spike in, uh, inquiries from potential households when, you know, maybe an interest rate changes or when there's headlines around various things around inflation or, or things that spur, um, you know, fear, I guess, um, how is that, how are you measuring that, I guess, and, and how is that manifesting? So, have you seen this as a constant, uplifted inquiry that that sort of spikes with these these um, media outputs, or is it just there's a flurry of it and then it backs off? You know, are you seeing people committed to it? How How is the, I guess, the interest changing with the, the economic circumstances that we're experiencing at the
3: moment? Well, as I said before, this is the first time that we've seen equal numbers signing up. And and we have to pay constant attention to it because we need um, generally five to ten, we need generally five to ten housemates in the region for one household because that, we have, it's a, it's a, dual-sided marketplace right there's a yeah, yeah. a founder mm. and it's you know CEO running this there's a challenge with that so we've got two customers two messages we've got one that's geographically bound and then we have people that need to circle around that right so we constantly have to be on top of that so if we get an influx of say you know, homeowners in Sydney, we have to be on top of that because then we need to do some more advertising for housemates around the region. So mm. I can't give you the numbers exactly off the top of my head other than that it's something that we have to be constantly on top of because we've got to be balancing out, well, do we need to promote for homeowners now because we've got an influx of housemates in one particular area. Um, we've, we've got a partnership with an organisation up in the Gold Coast called Study Gold Coast, and they um, we're um, helping them um, get, enlist local homeowners to open up their homes for international students that come in because it's a massive market up in that region. Yeah, um, And we, um, you know, so we have to do the same thing with that. Like if we get a flurry of homeowners and we need to do a bit more promotion around, you know, the international students. And so it, it's this constant push and pull with that. But generally with the news, I can go, yeah, I can, I can see that there's a spike in listings in because people will jump online and they go, oh, damn, we've got, you know, we've got to start finding some more money. How can we do that? And is, have you got some real? When you said
2: those, you know, the two side marketplace where you just got way too many people wanting to rent a room and not enough for rent, and you know, locations potentially where people are willing to rent rooms, but people don't want to rent rooms in those areas. Is there, is there certain pockets across the country that stand
3: out? Yeah, look, it, it's a, it's an interesting one, Chris, because we primarily, for, you know, just financial reasons, just focus on particular areas, um, so that we get enough of both sides in that area right because we have to be really mindful what was one of the great failures when we started is like yeah we're nationwide and which we (laughs) are i just want to clarify we are but then you know you've got people signing up in northwestern wa and it's like gosh you know how do we solve that problem and thankfully technology's changed a lot since then so that we, we are able to solve that now but um we have registrations right across australia and also in over 60 countries You know, we have huge interests um, internationally, which is going to be, you know, a market that we're heading to. Um, But it's just, it's fascinating. Like we are that unique. I think that people are sort of realizing that, okay, this is this is a pocket of the market that hasn't actually been focused on. So, you know, you were talking about one of our competitors before. We're actually not that at all. It's not Mm. who we are. You know, we are a premium house sharing service. We we, our homes are like, you know, million dollar plus. They're beautiful homes there's a number of different reasons why people you know want that support um and so we just need to make sure that we're providing something that's robust and stable to give them that confidence to do that do you need the confidence around just
2: people going and experiencing airbnb like a i've got over 50 i think reviews on airbnb i've used it so much over the years all different countries um we constantly use it but you know some people have probably never used an airbnb right and then maybe that 2023 is the first year they've gone on holidays and used an Airbnb. Do you think because of the penetration they're making, people are more and more comfortable just, you know, not going the traditional routes like getting a lease and,
3: you know, they're, they're, they're willing to explore these sharing options more and more? Look, yeah, one of the reasons when we were doing our market research was like, you know, is this a completely foreign idea? No, because we've had the big brother of all, you know, um, the sharing economy paved the way for us. Um, but then, you know, depending on who you talk to, it's like, well, you know, what's one of the reasons, you know, there are many reasons why we have a shortage in long-term rentals as well. So, um, yeah. you, you know, you got to kind of look at, I'm trying to be delicate here, but. You yeah, know. I think
0: we all know. I'll say it if you like. I mean, <laughs> and if uh, we need to interview somebody about this because, you know, I've heard people claiming that it doesn't really make a huge difference, their short-term Short-term rentals haven't made a huge difference, but I, I, I fail to understand how that can possibly be true. Um, so, it would be good to to so I'll put a shout out right now. If anybody knows anybody, it'd be a good guest so we can have have really robust discussion around the impact of short-term rentals and its contribution to our current rental shortage or housing shortage. But you know, Airbnb, and I've I've, I've said an Airbnb, so I'm just as guilty as anybody else. If if you're going to say it's a bad thing, um. But they do offer they do offer um, rooms in people's houses. Now I've never stayed in one of those. I always like my own accommodation. Thank you very much. But I, I'm very much like the only child, you know, and not that I was an only child or am an only child, but I I behave like one. I like my own space. Thank you very much, and I don't like sharing. Um, but Chris, you sound like you came from a big household with lots of kids, and you're quite happy to share. Have you have you actually done the um the Airbnb yeah take a room in someone's home or have you always taken your own your own Sort of self contained
2: space. Chris, that's a question for you. Oh, have I shared my home? Yeah,
0: because oh, you're a big advocate for Airbnb. You're a big user, right? So have you, no, have you ever actually stayed, uh, taken a room, an Airbnb room in someone's house versus taking, yeah, yeah. you know, you have?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you're yeah, a true multiple divinity. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I remember even like the first time I used it, it was in New York uh, back in 2000. And- oh god it was you know 2010 11 or something very early days we you know renting getting a hotel in new york was like really expensive right um and uh you know i think i was taking my girlfriend for a 30th birthday party there to new york and it was like you know how to how do we afford you know a really expensive hotel so we had an amazing room in a place in manhattan so yeah i mean i've done it i think as you get older and you know couples or kids and stuff like that that or you know particularly if you're single or something like that it's not a bad idea to explore a town so uh, yeah I think it's yeah I mean I, I guess it's just you build confidence with those things I think that's probably the biggest thing with this situation here is that your hardest thing Lorena would probably be getting that person just to get that first you know tenant in because they're so, probably filled with trepidation around what I'm around if something you go wrong and I need to get rid of them and do you find that that's your roadblock building that confidence around not only is it good for me financially but I'm actually going to really enjoy the experience I'm actually going to look forward to coming home because I've got a new you know, or in the building and I've got someone I could talk to and someone who's helping me and I'm actually bringing life to my home rather than detracting from it. Is that your biggest challenge do you find?
3: Look, where every one of our users is able to book a phone call with our customer care team anytime they want to, I think that's a really unique feature. We never get it abused, but I think the fact that people know that it's there gives them confidence. I think if you provide People, I think, particularly in this day and age. Okay, I'm going to answer it this way: technology and AI and bots and things have replaced a lot of that human connection. But what we do is all about human connection, and if you don't have um, an element of being able to connect with a human, then that I would answer that question: it's there. W- there would be a problem. But because they know, literally, all of our email communications on our website. You can just click a link and book a call in a calendar. You don't even have to just send a contact request and then hope you're going to hear from someone. Mm. You know, that can happen at any time and it never gets abused.
0: So are you saying that the friction is at the front end? You know, there's friction. So to try to weed out people who are not right for the system. And then once they're in, you're trying to take away all the friction so that,
3: you know, they can have. Um, a good experience. Yeah, and th- that's a good point and something that I, I um would normally have brought up on the top end is that our our process actually removes potential problematic people. And I'll call them yeah but people. Yeah, but what about this and what about that? And it's just like it's all me, 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 right? They don't like our process because we actually require things of them. And I know that it doesn't work because I get phone calls booked. Why do I have to do a digital ID? Why do I have to fill out this whole profile? And it's like... I'm, well, I just say, look, sorry, it's not for everyone and I don't have any problem. It's just like, thank you very much. You've just saved me a headache, you know, like, um, so I know that it annoys certain people. Um, You know, somebody's, if you've got nothing to hide, you hide nothing, right? So there's... And the, the way that our profiles are set up, the only thing, there's a photo of you, your first name, and just the answers to the question and a couple of sentences are your answer. There's nothing identifiable about you. There's more information people can get from your Facebook account than they can get from our profiles, you know, but you cannot connect with anyone unless you're 100% completed, which includes your verification. So if you know someone's connected with you, they've gone through every single thing that you've gone through. So there's a quiet confidence that and certainty that comes along with that. Everyone's had to jump through the same hoops, you know. So, it's an interesting um, idea, and I can we can certainly see
0: that the time might be right for it. You know, the time might not have been right for it really seven years ago, but sort of circumstances seem to have worked in your favour. So, have you got an example of a property, Dumbo, for us, Ledwina? What we're trying to do here is preferably a story um, that illustrates a mistake somebody's made that we can all learn from.
3: Yeah, look, what I was thinking about this, and we've sort of already touched on it, is that, you know, the kind of, the, there's a type of person that, that sort of goes, yeah, everything will be fine, we'll work it out as we go along, you know, and it's just like, no, 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 please do me a favour, do us a favour, don't do that, because it's very, it's very tricky to have a tricky conversation. Okay, I'll, I'll bring this one up, what if a special friend wants to come over? All right ideal question you have to expect it of anyone who's going to live with you right and if you haven't had that conversation before you've moved in and you've met someone how awkward is it going to be to bring that up you know if the homeowner says oh no i'm not comfortable then it's like geez that's a problem then right but if you knew that before you moved in then you can make a decision based on that so in our household for example we say well you know, when you find someone special in your life, they go, oh, no, no, we don't. And we've got two guys that share with us at the moment. I say, come on, look, you strapping young lads. When you do find someone, invite them over for dinner and then let give us a chance to get to know them. And then if everyone's happy, then once a fortnight, they can come and stay. So that's our ground rules. Now, when you think about that, if it's a random, they're not going to invite them over for dinner, are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, so yes. <laughs> it sorts that one out. It sorts that one out, right? But I guess what, it's a little bit like a, you know, an agreement
0: between new business partners or a prenup in a way. It's like the, this. that's the time to sort out these what ifs, what are we going to yeah. do when this happens, if that happens, et cetera, et cetera, when goodwill is at its peak and, you know, uh, things have not eroded. So therefore you've got the rule, you've got the, um, the framework, I guess, the, for operating with.
3: <laughs> exactly, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Look, that's been a really interesting chat, Ludwina. We really appreciate your time. Um, we are interested in these solutions, or, or and look, none of none of these sorts of things are solutions on their own. They're all part of the whole uh, the whole suite of of um, initiatives that are needed to solve this problem. As I mentioned earlier, it's been said that this is going to take a decade to iron out. We need some short term solutions that are going to ease ease the pain in, in many cases straight up, and this is certainly one of those. So, uh, yeah, we're good on you for, I guess, setting it up. And, and here I was thinking when when we first sort of connected, I was thinking, well, this is a new thing, but seven years down the track is quite interesting, really, that you, you'd thought about this before, you know, the horrors of the COVID lockdowns. Mm,
3: yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm persistent. I don't <laughs> like to quit, so... <laughs>
2: and if um anything changes on a government point of view right if government start talking to you and because i genuinely think if you had a, issues of how to solve our crisis in some ways right like what's some you know short-term wins medium longer-term wins you should absolutely be up there in short-term wins and you know if it starts to get a bit more airtime, and should check out that scott keck article he's a you know very well known in the property um yeah industry in terms of the development he's got a lot of power in that space and um you know, he, he would absolutely love your platform. And so I, I think, you know, because if, if you find that you're getting some more interest in the governments and things like that and anything changing around tax settings or something like that and, you know, um, absolutely reach out because we would definitely want to promote it because we do think it's a viable solution to the overall problem. So thanks, Thank for, thanks so for reaching much. out.
1: Thank you If you have a question that you'd like us to answer in an upcoming Q&A episode, you can send us a voicemail or written question via the website, theelephantintheroom.com.au or you can email us directly at questions, at the elephantintheroom.com.au. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode with others you feel would benefit. And while you're at it, why not leave us an iTunes review five stars would be great. I know that sounds a bit cringy, but we have it on good authority that every review helps make it easier for other people to find out about us and hear what our amazing guests have to say.